Welcome in, you are listening to another episode of KeepTheChange.co.nz's Money Mail, and apparently that's a traditional song from Bali, I can't say I heard that whilst I was over there, but anyway, maybe I was asleep when I got my massage, that only cost 30 bucks, if that, I think you can get them cheaper, actually got some wax things smacked into my ear and lit on fire and it draws out the earwax out of your ear too, uh, apparently after was told, no, that's full of shit, that doesn't work. But uh, I tell you what, when they unraveled the candle thing, I think it did work. So I don't know if it's good for you or not recommended, but I did it. I think that cost about $10 Kiwi. It was usually on the list of things you could do if you went for a massage. Uh, Unbelievably cheap to get a massage over there compared to New Zealand. I hear some people go twice a day and sort out the old knots in the back or whatever. I'd imagine a number of you have seen Bali on social media uh, or even been and had a look over there. But it was a great experience and I went to Singapore first. So very, very different to Singapore. But it was another place for me where I haven't done a lot of travel uh, just for some, for some context and obviously, but well, I suppose I've probably done a lot compared to other people, but um, in prior years of my life haven't done heaps so this year went to Bali as well uh, sorry Philippines as well and a little bit similar where you're just blown away how far your dollar goes and I think since coming back I've I've sort of said to a few people I've just come back confused now as an example the place we stayed uh, for a few nights at in Uluwatu we had breakfast there a couple of mornings we had dinner there we got some drinks when we first got there had a couple of coffees as well. My partner got a facial, which was about $30 Kiwi when I worked it out at the end, $35. And we went to pay for it all at the end. And they gave me the bill, and I'm like, Fuck, I still can't get my head around these currencies. Yeah, a million and something. I'm like, oh, yeah. Anyway, $125 Kiwi for basically a facial, 35 bucks of it. Okay. So let's say $90 now for a dinner, two breakfasts for two people and some drinks whilst we're there. And we're not at like a cheap resort probably either. And I'm just thinking, holy shit, and the food's amazing. I'm getting a papaya juice every time as well because why not? And you're bolting extra things on just because you want to try it or you want to taste it. The cost of food over there is incredibly cheap compared to here, but I hear it has gone up over time and we didn't even eat it cheap places or try and you know do it on a budget or anything or be very careful about what we were um, where we were eating because there's this place you could go that's even cheaper and things like that so I'd imagine you could live off of not too much uh, in Bali if you're there for a year and I called this money mail living like a king on 40k a year now I'll do a podcast with Mikey like I've said uh, around some of my travels as well but I did make it out of Bali alive and I've never seen more vehicles coming directly towards you on the wrong side of the road and felt weirdly okay about it. They're just whipping past each other, They scooters are taking gaps, I even drove a scooter for a bit. The traffic is chaos but somehow it works and it was a bit like this in Manila when we were there too and 
the weird thing is that I came back to New Zealand and within like one day of driving back up to the office, I thought far out, you know, this is just so punishing. Uh, there was a bus in the bus lane and then there's the cars going in the car lane. But car is like, oh, I'm fucking scared because I'm next to a bus. So I don't know if I'll go. And they're hesitating. And then the light goes orange. So then all the people behind that car don't get to go. And they have to wait at the lights. When you're in Bali, you just forget that that's how it is. And people are just like going, taking gaps, tooting at each other, just fucking not indicating, indicating if they want to, going right, not giving way. There's just no rules. But somehow it works. And it's quite beautiful to see because it breaks your belief that everything has to be done by these perfect rules and stuff. And even day two, I'm driving home. Might No, it might have even been the same day. I'm driving home. There's a dude on his phone like, walking across the road. I'm going to turn and he's on the road. I'm like, should I just hit him? Uh, I give him a quiet toot just to be like, like I'm here and you know, he's got no awareness because he's probably on his phone doing whatever he's doing. Older guy, dressed really well and stuff. I toot, and he stops, he turns, just like, oh, fuck off. I like, saw him mouth it and just like, so angry. Uh, and so I pause in the car for a bit and kind of look back at him, but the, the windows are so tinted anyway, wouldn't have seen it. But just thought, it's such a contrast to Bali, where you can toot at people and they're like, oh, thank you for letting me know that you're there great, like I've, that's given me a little bit more awareness, uh, whereas some person's like clearly in the wrong standing fucking slowly on a road like where you're not supposed to be, uh, and yes you have to get across but the cars could hit you, but anyway, uh, and they're freaking out by the fact that they're angry that someone's tooted at them. So it's cool to go to different places and just see how things work and go, well that's weird, we have heaps of rules here and people are still angry, over there they have no rules, uh, but people didn't seem to be angry didn't see any crashes, thousands of, well I saw like one near miss where a uh, scooter ran into the back of the other and they apologising to each other and just, you know, no dramas, on you go and you just think, wow, it's just polar opposites. And I read on a piece of street art whilst driving around over there, the best thing about Bar- uh, leaving Bali is you're closer to booking your next trip here and I can see why so many people go back. It's a fascinating piece of the world and many people from all over the world have fallen in love with it. Now some quick things that I noticed is that you shouldn't drink water out of the tap so bottled water is a must. So where do all the bottles go? Like, I, I don't know, I didn't find the answer to that but do, do they recycle them there? Do they recycle? Do they get exported off? Um, but you know, here we're all on the keep cut buzz and, you know, we're way down the path of heaps of that sort of shit. Whereas there they're like, oh, sorry, I can't brush my teeth with this fucking water. I need to use bottled water. Uh, I was still still a risk taker as I am and brushing my teeth in the in the bath and using the tap water and stuff thinking I was invincible. And I may have paid the price for that uh, come the end of the trip. Now, our dollar is 9,000 of theirs. So it's easy to be a millionaire over there. Same thing in the Philippines. Uh, you can take a stack of money over there and realise that you're a millionaire, and we'll touch on that in a second. I read somewhere that the Aussies supply over a million tourists a year, over a million Aussies a year, go to Bali. Uh, fruit is abundant and cheap. You can buy legit Prada sunglasses for $20, real legit, eh? But back to the fruit piece, like a, a papaya juice, it's pure papaya, like pounded up and watermelon or pineapple, for instance, you're probably paying like $3 for and it's beautiful and delicious, three bucks. So then you naturally have some more fruit and stuff because it's a lot cheaper, uh, and it's just 
abundant and, and beautiful. Avocado, they're not like, yeah, that'll be six bucks on the side. I think it is. You can get it as a side, but it's not like here's two slithers and we'll cut them on an angle so it looks like it's more. Uh, it's fuck ton of avocado put on your plate. It's just, again, eye-opening. Um, what else? Locals tell me there that there are minimal homeless people because they just go home to their families. Now, I asked Jade uh, had when she went, had she seen many homeless people and she said that she had. Uh, so I think as well, I'll try and do a podcast at some stage with either Jade or maybe Sarah, who I know have lived in Bali for some time, and try and find out a bit more about what it was like. Or maybe you have and you're listening, and you might get in touch. But uh, I'm keen to hear from somebody who's tried to live there for a bit more than just, you know, when you go somewhere for two weeks, you think you get a feel for it, but you're really only going to the small areas that you go to and the few things, and then you judge the entire country off of that, which I know isn't realistic. So I'd be interested to know the difference between a holiday uh, and then living there too. I mean, I did say to someone the other day, I wonder what it's like when you get sick, you know, how scared are you, where do you go? But surely, you know, other people are there, they're, they're solving these things as well. You wouldn't be the first person for it to happen to. So humans are great at finding solutions. Now, uh, it looks like you could, uh, did I say the part or did I get distracted where Jade said that she saw some homeless people so in a different area to, to where I was, but I, I didn't where I went. Uh, it looks like you could live pretty comfortably for a year on 40k New Zealand over there. Now, when I uh, was looking at the FAQs of Bali, someone had asked, how long could you live off of 100,000 US in Bali? And it was like eight years. So I don't know if that was outdated or not, but... Uh, it just shows you that money can go a long way in a different country. And actually one of the Balinese people said to me, uh, it's great when they get a US customer because they tip them and sometimes they tip them in US dollars too. So that's a lot of money to them. So Travelling for me is very eye-opening and really makes you question the things that you do say and believe. Like as an example, the goal of many to be a millionaire, you know, I'm sure you might have just set a random goal one day or who people who have like, I want to be a millionaire. Well, where, like, where did that come from anyway? Uh, but you could literally, like, if you really wanted to achieve that, you could make some cash in New Zealand and then go move to a weaker currency, whether it's Bali or the Philippines, for instance, or somewhere, and you could achieve this. But would you really be a millionaire? So then what did it mean to you when you decided you wanted to be uh, a millionaire? Like, then just thinking further than what your initial thoughts were. If it's $10 million or you want to win lotto and have all this money, like why? What what would you do with it? Um, could you achieve that by going somewhere else, for instance, but would you really achieve it? So what's underneath some of these things that got you thinking about them? There's also a principle of money that the goalposts will always move. So try to master stopping them from moving. And I'm sure we've all felt that in our life before where we think, if I could just earn this amount or have this amount of that, then I would be happy or I'd be able to do this. But you get there and you're still not doing that or you're still not as happy as you thought you were because the goalposts are continuing to move, right? And obviously inflation is eating into the increase in our pay at times as well. Now we need to try and master the goalposts from stopping from moving and that can be hard to do. However, you start to see that in Bali too because... You can get around on a scooter everywhere. And someone said to me, oh, you might spend $12 on petrol a month. 140 bu- four bucks a year on fuel. Done. Um, at, a, at a maximum. You're like, really? Petrol's about a dollar a litre. But then also, you don't see people driving around in Lambos and shit like I did when I was in Singapore. And then you realise, like, oh, these people aren't going to want for, like, a flash European car or something like that. They could just 
get an Uber or a Grab or whatever should they need to at some stage. Um, and there's wealthy people that live there from foreign countries and stuff, and they could probably get them there if they wanted to, but it's just not there. Well, not that I saw. But a lot of people, they say like Bali is the, the simple life and just being able to go on the beach and see the sunrise, the sunset, and have uh, an abundance of, of things that you can buy. Just try and find yourself and get yourself out of the, the West and sort of race a little bit around getting a flash car and a flash home and fucking trying to pay down the mortgage and then shit, then that's actually not solving too much and my pension's not going to be that much. So what do we do? Do we get a rental on the way? And all of these things that we're racing to do, whereas over there, you know, they're probably just looking at things differently um, or you could go there and set yourself up there and just live differently too. I'm sure it's a lot different for the locals. You know, I was talking to them about living in families um, of three to four generations and things like this. And you're like, holy shit, you know, I don't know if I could survive uh, living with my parents for that long or whether they'd even have me. So that's just probably more normal uh, over there and they just do things differently. So then you get a sense for the fact that the way you do things, you know, it's not the only way uh, to do that. But traveling will get you thinking about the most random things and that's what I often find when I get out of the country. Many people say as well that traveling is an investment in yourself, definitely into opening your eyes and your mind. Now just for context, I've never really been a travel craving sort of person. I give me my desk and a whiteboard any day, but I do enjoy it when I go. I like to talk to the drivers or the locals and just understand how things work. And so I'm quizzing them about what happened during COVID here. You know, did you get COVID subsidies? And they're like, what What do you mean? Like, no, we just solved things that we had and didn't do anything and didn't uh, spend any money and just looked after our families and sold scooters and some gold if maybe we had that or we worked for people that had uh, money on the island that were able to still work. So the local people who uh, have moved here and things and I'm just like, oh, okay, so you didn't get, uh, you know, you, you weren't saying you need to give me 80% of my wage and I'm going to sit home and do 80% of the work uh, or I can't work. So just give me money or, or whatever it was for different people like that just wasn't what was happening over there, oh, we got to borrow from the bank and we got more time to pay it off. Um, some people struggled and it was just, yeah, again, a different way to look at, well, a different country to look at and think, wow, I wonder how they dealt with uh, things over there. And obviously tourism is probably their biggest earner as a country and all of that just got turned off and they had to wait for things to be open again. Now, one driver told me that they go to Melbourne for peace and quiet I thought, what? We're here for peace and quiet, and you're telling us that you go to Australia's one of Australia's busiest cities for peace and quiet. And then I thought, well, how do you afford that? That must be expensive. And they said, I said to them, you know, it must be dear when you get there, thinking, shit, you know, if things are cheap here, but going to Melbourne, they would think, well, why is this avocado so expensive? And if I want a papaya juice, why does it cost that? And they said to me, no, I'm very lucky. Everything is paid for by a family who I met 10 years ago when I was working in a shop. They fly me over for Christmas every year. My parents are not around any longer and they are like my parents now. Then the driver said it would be 30 years basically to save for a return plane ticket. Now I don't know if they were joking or not or that's literally how long it would take but this wasn't the first driver, it wasn't, yeah, the first driver who told me a similar story. One said that they received money from Australians during the pandemic to help them out because I was asking you know, how did you get on during the COVID and stuff and they said uh, that basically the Australians some of them are you know the same customers that come back they're like family and they sent us money and said we look forward to seeing you on the other side when all of this is over 
because they wanted what they loved to still be there on the other side. And I guess it's a little bit similar here when we were saying, you know, shop locally and get out and support your local business and stuff. And I was even talking about this on this pod, like if you love a restaurant, for instance, and you can afford to go and support them because you're going to want them to be there and you're going to be gutted uh, if they're not. So it was cool and beautiful to see humans looking out for each other and thinking longer term than just the doom and gloom and the freaking out uh, of the pain that we're enduring that pandemic. The government financial support, I noticed I spelled that wrong, through the pandemic sounded very different to ours, which I touched on before. Uh, another driver was asking me, do you, know, do you have electric cars in New Zealand? I said, of course, you know, we're saving the bloody planet with our electric cars. We're giving people subsidies to try and get into them. And they said, we don't have the infrastructure here to charge and the electricity is too expensive, but one day. And when petrol is a dollar a litre, I didn't see an electric car, but someone since told me that they have seen uh, one and an electric scooter. But when I asked another driver, they said there's probably six million scooters in Bali. I don't think a large portion of those are electric. And that really got me thinking about something that Mikey said on a podcast ages ago, and I can't remember what it was, but it was about how you know some of these nations that are relying on petrol and stuff, like they don't care about us and our clean, green, you know, what we're going to do and that we're going down that path and stuff. They're like, we need to get to work. We need to protect our families. We need to provide for them. Like, fuck it. I'm going to use oil. I'm going to use gas. I'm going to use coal. I'm not thinking about that stuff over there. And then you go and see that in in reality. And you're kind of like, oh, okay, cool. But it's just, again, it's a difference. I'm not saying it's right or wrong or that we shouldn't be doing what we're doing here you just see things and you realise, like, oh, okay, this has given me, again, something else to think about or a different perspective on this. Now, the next driver asked if we were from England or Australia. Burn. I said New Zealand. And the car driver knew where New Zealand was, and they actually laughed. And they said, oh, very rich country. Well, I said, well, you asked many Kiwis right now, mate, and they wouldn't fucking say yes. They wouldn't be agreeing with you. And he said to me, you have lots of water. Water's not an issue for you. I thought, well, actually, we do fight over water, and that's it. But like, it's a weird thing uh, for him to to gravitate towards. But he then said, "And you're going to pay four hundred thousand Indonesian rupiah to go to the beach when the public beach is free? Like, that's silly. Do you want me to drop you at the public beach instead?" And we we're kind of looking at each other, being like myself and my partner, uh, and I'm kind of laughing and we're like fuck yeah this is it's like we're getting trolled now um no no no, it's okay you know carry on take us to the beach club where we're going where we get to hire a towel and a beanbag and sit under an umbrella and use the snorkel and get out in the water for a little bit um and we'll, we'll pay that money to do that and he's trying to tell us there's more beautiful beaches i can take you to those you know the 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 public can can access them it's free why are you paying this money to go there you must be rich um, and again, it reminded me of recently when the data came out about how New Zealand's one of the richest countries in the world. And we're going like, no, that's how can that be? And that doesn't feel right. But to other people, when they look at you and I and look at New Zealand, they're thinking, wow, you know, this is a rich person in the back of my car. And I am. Uh, and I'm from a rich country. And we've got access to water and it's clean. And you can brush your fucking teeth with it. And you can afford to go to these private beaches that people are going to charge you a towel and a beanbag for. Whereas there's a free beach, mate. What are you doing? Um, but at the same time, back here in New Zealand, 
you know, we can go to free beaches and we can access those, and that's pretty cool as well. And then it makes you wonder, well, then wonder why pe- people don't sell beers at the beach or over an umbrella or things to do. And I'm sure that does happen at, at different places, but people will go for the whole day and sit in one spot and get catered to on the beach and you can order food and drinks and stuff and you'll pay an entry fee and then you'll pay a a marked up rate to do that and whatnot and there's cable cars to take you up from the top of the cliff down to the bottom and the infrastructure is really great Uh, but we don't seem to do that in New Zealand you think well we've got sort of prime real estate and beaches to do that so I don't know why we don't uh, whether people wouldn't pay uh, or whether you know it'd be frowned upon by the councils you can't get an alcohol license on the beach or something I, I just simply don't know but it was a good point from the driver and just, again, another thing to really get you thinking. And, you know, it just shows you that there's a market for everything, right? Like you can go to a beach for free in Bali if you want to and sit there or you can pay for a beanbag or a towel or you can stay there all day. Or you can go to this beach club or this day club uh, or you can get a more expensive VIP area in each of those and regardless of where you go in the world you notice that it's just markets and people are trying to provide value to extract money to meet those people's demands and sometimes those demands and desires have been created by advertising and marketing and seeing things on social media and thinking I would love to go and do that another reminder that money exchanges hands when value exceeds price clearly what this driver was saying is that you see value in going and paying for the beanbag and the towel and sitting at the beach for the day when you could just do that for free at the public beach, which is actually nicer, which I could take you to. And we're going, no, 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 like, please carry on going to where we were asking you to take us. Uh, So we individually, we decide what we swap our money for. So think about it and be intentional about it. Money's a tool, nothing more, nothing less. We decide what we swap it for. That's when we start giving emotion into it. So think about what you and I have to do too, what we are swapping our money for and be intentional about that. Remember too from recent Credit Swiss data that New Zealand is a rich country, one of the richest in the world. But you may not feel like that right now. Riches aren't just house prices going up, although house prices are on the way back up according to a graph I saw the other day. Now many people around the world would love to trade places with you and I every single day, every single hour of the week. Finally, as important as you and I may think we are in our country uh, and how important we think our country is, every time I've travelled I've come across people who don't know much about New Zealand. Now here's three questions that I got on my trip to Bali. One was, what is your currency in New Zealand? They were asking me, you know, do you have your own currency there or whose currency do you use? Um, Which, you know, you could sort of laugh about but fuck, one day we might not have a New Zealand currency, we might get bloody moulded into uh, somebody else's. And they said, what would be the main money earner in New Zealand? And I said, well, our industries that are big are tourism too. Like, oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they could relate to that because of tourism. I said, oh, yeah, and, and farming too. Oh, farming. Oh, you still do farming there? Yeah. I said, yeah, 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 we do that. Yeah. Is that, and is that rice farming? Uh, no, not, not rice farming. No, but uh, close. And then the last one was, is $100 a lot of money in your country? I'm like, well, $100 isn't anymore in our country but in your country it's still a lot so it's then it was probably I probably answered that question wrong for that person because to them uh, $100 New Zealand would be a lot I heard that a government waged role 
average salary was about 350 New Zealand dollars per month. So to say, nah, 100 bucks isn't much money. Well, it ain't in New Zealand, but over there, it is. Again, just gets you thinking differently. Currencies, all these types of things. How come theirs is 9,000 to $1 of ours? You know, how did that happen? More learning for all of us to do. Eyes open, as always, when it comes to money, there's always something to learn. You are one of over 8,500 people receiving money mail, 67,500 downloads to the podcast in August. I hope you are learning something from this content and, as always, taking some action. And one of those actions could be leaving a five-star review if you haven't already and subscribing to the podcast as well. Now, a reminder too, if you're listening from Spotify Premium, you may start getting ads on this podcast because Spotify are allowing ads to run through Premium. I haven't had any messages about that yet, that it was supposed to kick in from the 15th of September. So I'd imagine we'll start to see an uptick in that. And I don't think there's any way I can vet or see what gets advertised on the pod uh, but let's watch this space. Now, did you know Bali can attract over 5 million tourists a year, but during the pandemic years of 2020 to 2022, had less than 100,000 tourists. Crazy, eh? Imagine what that did to the economy. You know, we thought that uh, we got absolutely slammed by tourism. Well, think about what Bali looked like as well. Now, if you've had some experience in Bali, love to hear about it. Drop me an email uh, or a message on the old Instagram. It's a very, very interesting country and again you know if you can afford to travel I do think it is an investment into broadening your horizon and your opening your eyes and seeing things differently and just seeing what's happening in the world and for two weeks I got to escape all of the political stuff for instance and there were no billboards advertising Luxon or whatever and there was no leaders debates and things like that no one even cared uh, about and you could tell people didn't even know about New Zealand over there whereas we get home and it's you know you're back into it but you can sort of escape some of that too and I heard from somebody saying that they may escape their Wellington winter and spend three months over there in Bali and they're already doing good work in the community and contributing and doing stuff like that too I'll go deeper into some of these travels and some of the other more nuanced things that I saw when I catch up with Mikey on a podcast soon but hopefully that's giving you a little bit of an insight I'd love to hear your lessons from when you've traveled uh, and when you've gone to different countries and the things that it's made you think about money as well uh, if you can't afford to travel then you know watch things on YouTube for instance as well and explore different parts of the world read about them read books about them and just see how different parts of the world do different things because again like I say it will open uh, your eyes to how things operate in different countries and the way that we do things are not the only way to do them and that will test your beliefs of what you've thought is the correct way to do things be good out there and I'll see you on the next episode of keepthechange.co.nz's money mail This wouldn't have put me to sleep in a massage. I'll give you the tip. So it sounds intimidating. Be good. <laughs>